You're joining the conversation with Shortlisted, a podcast from the Greater Midwest Chapter, or GMC, of the Association of Proposal Management Professionals, where we chat about proposals, the business of winning work, and nailing the shortlists in our lives. I'm your host, Paul Lockwood, Senior Sales Operations Analyst in the Pre-Sales Support Team at Vitality Group in Chicago. And I'm co-host Heather Finch. I lead a team of proposal and presentation specialists for Guardian Life, and I'm located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This month, we're having a chat with Tori Bunk. Hi, Tori. You want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, thanks, Paul. I'd love to. Um, my name's Tori. I am a senior proposal manager at the Midtown Group. Uh, we are a women-owned staffing firm located in Washington, D.C., but I work remote uh, in the great state of Wisconsin, right outside Madison. Um, in addition, I am the chair of APMP's newly launched Mental Health Affinity Group. Cool. Well, with two of you in Wisconsin, I hope I don't get badgered too much. Oh, that was a good one, Paul. <laughs> so, Tori, I know you're kind of new to APMP. You've been a member, what, less than a year at this point? And yes. uh, back at uh, Business and Proposal, yeah, Bid and Proposal Con, get my BPC correct, uh, in May, you enjoyed sharing some stories with members about some personal journeys into proposal management. And you also are now heading up an affinity group about mental health. So let's uh, get into this a little bit. Um, talk about how we got into proposal management. So what do you think draws people into this kind of profession? Um, I think it's exciting. I think it's fun. Some magic and miracles happen. Um, and the rewards of winning a bid is um, similar to winning the lottery for me. I think it's uh, a great feeling to have uh, to be able to really see the rewards of your efforts put together, um, being able to manage a team. Um, and I think that draws a lot of people in because just quite frankly, it's exciting. So, I mean, Tori, you, you're excited by this, but what do you think draws other people to the proposal profession? Um, you know, it's funny that you phrase it that way because I don't think people intentionally get into proposal management. I think it just happens. Um, I think most of us are happy to be in the profession, but it usually happens by chance um, where, you know, a job opening leads to something else. You start as a marketing coordinator doing some sales, maybe you have a writing background. Um, you know, no one really grows up saying, oh, mom, I'm going to be a proposal manager one day. You know, I think a lot of us sort of fall down the rabbit hole into proposals. Um, and then I think people just stay because they truly enjoy the work. So. What is the mental health affinity group? What's an affinity group and what is the mental health affinity group? How do people get involved? What uh, what do you see as the future of it? Yeah, um, so with the affinity groups really are focused on just a certain topic or how you identify, you know, APMP as young professionals and LGBT professionals of color and veterans. So I think it's a way of being able to connect with proposal managers on another level, um, how you identify in those groups, just being able to share the struggles, the rewards of identifying with different things. Um, so with the Mental Health Affinity Group, um, we're really trying to create a space, a community for those of us that struggle with mental health conditions, caregivers, or just people that see the need for this. Um, and, you know, 
We have had a great turnout of people interested. We'll be having our first monthly meeting uh, in a few weeks here, the last Wednesday in October. Um, if people are interested in joining uh, the group or able to attend the meeting, they can um, email me at tori.bunk at apmp.org um, or reach out through the APMP website, I believe, as well. But um, really, my my goal of this is to just create that community that we haven't had surrounding mental illness in the bid and proposal industries and to help set some industry standards regarding prioritizing your mental health in the workplace. Proposal management is extremely stressful and oftentimes we don't have the resources and tools we need um, to be able to prioritize our mental health with tight deadlines, not getting the SME support we need, um, you know, just managing millions of dollars. Um, it's, it's very stressful and being able to be open about those struggles and change the culture regarding proposal management, you know, it's it's something I'm very passionate about and seems a lot of people are very eager and excited about as well. Yeah, so Tori, I was in the room uh, when this idea was kind of invented and this came from, for our, for our listeners um, and our viewers, this came from a session at BPC where it was just it was just a panel session um, representing the different affinity groups that had already existed. And Tori raised her hand and asked a really good question around mental health. And, and that's what launched all of this. So, Tori, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming with that origin story, you weren't looking to lead the next affinity group. You, you weren't seeking that. But how did you know that this was the right move for you? And, and what have you done to prepare for this role? Yeah, so that's a great question because let me tell you, um, asking the question, that is how this all started was one question. Um, and for anyone who wasn't able to attend BPC, the next morning at the keynote address, Steve Coles, uh, who is an APMP chair, uh, decided to call me out and let me know that I would be running this affinity group in front of everyone, which um, was quite exciting, but a little nerve wracking. So um, no, I had no idea you know, this would be on my bingo card for fall 2022. Um, but I'm so incredibly excited because I am not a mental health professional. I am just a mental health advocate. Um, I struggle with depression, anxiety, and ADHD, and that does affect my career um, and has made me realize how important prioritizing your mental health is. And I find that being open about this um, you know, helps me in my journey, but it also helps other people by trying to destigmatize just mental health and the conditions. And knowing that proposal managers, a lot of us feel this way. A lot of us are stressed out, the constant fear of burnout, and you almost think, I'm the only one that must be going through this. But it's it's not true. I, I mean, everyone really goes through this and being open and having these conversations is just so important to be able to be like, you're not alone in this, you know? and I think with the pandemic and everything, mental health is being brought to the forefront um, in all workplaces, not just the bid and proposal industry. So I have been doing um, a lot of research on just mental health in the workplace. Um, I've connected with some other really great uh, mental health groups in professional settings um, so that we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Um, we're just trying to create resources and just the space and community. Um, so, you know, while I am the chair, I don't look at it as necessarily a leadership position, um, but I just 
help create the resources and bring them to people. I want it to be a community discussion. Um, I want people to be open and feel they can share their stories and, you know, being able to say, hey, here's how I've dealt with some of that just on a personal level, I think is really important. I understand at the uh, proposal fair, which unfortunately I wasn't able to attend, but that you uh, brought out a few tools, including one that I understand is called rubber ducking, which um, <laughs> I, I'm hoping that goes swimmingly, uh, if you could kind of ex explain that. Yes, um, so I had the great honor of being the keynote speaker at uh, the GMC proposal fair, which was fantastic. Everyone was amazing. Um, I can't wait for next year's symposium. Uh, but yes, yeah, so rubber ducking, I first learned about this tool. It is actually created uh, for IT coders and um, the author of the book, The Pragmatic Programmer, created this theory of you should carry a rubber duck around with you. So that way, when you're running into issues, you literally speak to the rubber duck like it's a toddler and you're explaining, you know, um, okay, this is exactly what I'm doing. Here's why. And just the practice of saying it out loud often helps you find problems that create solutions, gets the brain juices working. Um, but it's also very helpful with proposals as uh, you know, a lot of people utilize tools such as uh, text to voice. So this is sort of a cheaper alternative to that, uh, being able to just read your proposals or certain paragraphs out loud to make sure the flow is there, that your wind beams are coming through and that it just sounds good. Um, however, I use, um, my little chicken instead of a rubber duck, um, as I'm a chicken mama four. So, um, but I've had coworkers who have actually uh, gotten fish for their desk. So they talk to their fish instead of a rubber duck. So just um, a few tools and tips there that are fun too. It adds a little fun to the workplace and you know, your desk. Well, when talking to a duck, uh, it helps you to avoid quacking up. Paul, I'm loving these puns. <laughs> so it, I know you've got a meeting coming up here um, when we're recording this. It's like end of this month. But if people are seeing this in a future month, how often do you anticipate uh, having meetings and this sort of thing? Yeah, so we will be doing um, monthly sessions. Um, every other month will be at 12 p.m. Eastern. Um, but alternating months, we're looking at doing a different time so that everyone in different time zones are able to make them. So stay tuned for that. Cool. All right. Well, we are going to move on to our second part of our wonderful podcast here. The best thing that happened to you this month. So, Heather, why don't you get us started? What was the best thing that happened to you this month? So uh, I was able to attend a strategic planning session for my team last week, um, which also involved uh, going out to Boston, which is a beautiful city. Um, but most importantly, it was a really good opportunity for me to connect with the other leaders that sit at the same table that I am, that I do. And um, I also, I just feel so lucky to, to work for a company that values proposals enough to have that a seat at that table and to be involved in those kinds of strategic planning sessions. I think, you know, it's such an important part of what we do as a business um, and to, to work for a company that recognizes that is very cool. Tori, what was the best thing that happened to you this month? Was it just this week in uh, Minnesota or something um, else? 
So it was my first time in St. Paul, uh, which was lovely. I really enjoyed walking around. And I will say that, yes, the symposium was. Uh, I find it very therapeutic to get to vent to other proposal managers, and that doesn't get to happen very often for me working from home in the Midwest. Um, so by far was uh, the keynote speech. That was my first time ever giving a speech like that um, and just being able to hang out and nerd out on proposal management stuff. Cool. Yeah, I was torn as far as what was the best thing for me this month. Uh, we did have a ribbon cutting at a brand new set of offices for our company in downtown Chicago. Overlooks the river, very modern offices, very, very cool. But I ultimately came down on the side of seeing the rock group The Who last night in downtown Chicago. Uh, they had an opening act, Stephen Page, who used to be with the group Bare Naked Ladies. Um, but everyone in his trio, trust me, kept their clothes on. Um, I, and honestly, I was surprised there was an opening act because, you know, a couple of comedians told me who's on first. I'd also never seen this band live before, but I knew enough not to ask, who are you? After all, they are of my generation. So I won't get fooled again. You know, well, I was have you ever won an award for, for these puns? Because if not, I'm going to have to send you one. <laughs> you know, I, I was way high up at the arena, but fortunately, I can see for miles. And there were some people who were envious of those who got closer seats. Uh, you know, it, I, clearly they might have been upset because I would have sworn I heard them or someone complain, we're not going to take it. And I, I did drive to the concert, although I found out later I might have been able to take a magic bus. Uh, I guess I didn't know that because of my brown eye color. I guess I needed to see behind blue eyes. We know that you picked going to see the Who is the best thing because it was better for the puns. Could be. It sounds like a Could fun be. show, though. Might, 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 might go with that. Full orchestra. Honestly, it was, it was an excellent concert. Yeah. Awesome. All right, fantastic. Well, I will segue into Dear Jam C. We've got a very related question for our podcast this month. Dear Jam C, I have been feeling really overwhelmed at work and expressed feelings of burnout to my boss. He's been really receptive and encouraged me to take time off, but I feel guilty for leaving my team. And then I also feel like I get 10 steps behind anytime I do take time off. So how do I prioritize my mental health and recharge my brain without feeling worse? Anita, day off. So Tori, I'm going to kick it off to you. What would you say to Anita? This is so, so relatable. I think we've all felt this way. I recently took a two-week trip to Greece in September, um, and I was definitely like, Okay, um, sorry guys, have fun with this. Um, but there were definitely those feelings of guilt. So I mean, I think the first step of being open with your boss is huge and letting them know. I think it's great that you're in a workplace that's receptive because that can always be tough. But you have to remember that you are a limited resource. You only have so much energy to be able to give. And you, it's going to sound so cliche, but you can't pour from an empty glass. 
Um, so I would definitely recommend that letting your boss know, hey, I am taking these days, but I have some of these tasks. Is there someone that can step in and support um, a few of these to help me be able to fully take these days off? Because you're not going to be able to relax, reject, um, excuse me, relax, rejuvenate, get the rest that you need if the whole time you're anxious, if anything that's going to contribute to more burnout. Um, so really being able to set boundaries for yourself as well. And I think this also uh, goes into resource allocation at work. Do you have enough people on your team to actually be doing the amount of work you're doing? Um, if it is to the point you can't take a day off, that's uh, a continuing conversation you have to have with your manager is, you know, maybe we can't go after all these bids, um, you know, all these projects that you have. Um, so it's definitely something you have to work on and it's hard saying I deserve this day off. I need this day off um, and it's something you should practice shutting your computer down at five ending notifications on your phone after a certain time. You know, it's it's small steps that you can practice to work up on it because it's not you can't just flip a switch in your in your head, um, you know, saying, OK, it works over time to go home. Focus just on family. Oh, I get this day off. So it's uh, continuing self care practices and it's very tough. Um, you know, it's not something that you just get to do overnight, um, but it's it's a worthwhile investment in yourself. Yeah, thank you, Tori. I think I think you make a lot of good points, and and even kind of that, like, you don't jump into it all at once. Take take it one step at a time. Practice with with you know, start drawing some boundaries. Start getting used to taking the time off, and and kind of ease into it. Uh, Paul, I mean, I know you've got you've always got an interesting story of of something that you've been doing. Um, you know, this play that you're in, the shows that you go see. I mean, you you definitely. Um, have a lot on your plate on top of, of work, you know, how do you prioritize taking time off? It's not easy, um, but fortunately, um, and, and I don't know that many employers do this, but they incentivize you to take an entire week at some point during the year. So uh, we're a wellness company and you get some vitality points if uh, internally with a, as an employee, if I take five consecutive um, Monday through Friday work days off. Uh, I realized actually not too long ago, I hadn't done that this year. I'd taken, I think four plus a holiday, but I hadn't really taken five work days in a row. So I decided I'm going to do that coming up in November, uh, like the Thursday, Friday before Thanksgiving, and then the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of Thanksgiving week, I'm doing a staycation and enjoying myself and making sure that I'm prepped, um, in fact, that Friday before Thanksgiving is our opening night for the play that I'm in. So I want to make sure that for dress rehearsal on the Thursday and for that Friday, I'm well rested and that I can focus all the way into Thanksgiving week uh, on doing the best I can to be a ghostly Marley in, uh, in A Christmas Carol and to be uh, somebody who's willing to purchase bed linens that a uh, maid took off of a dead Scrooge's uh, bed. So um, that's old Joe is the other character that I play. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I do have to make sure that um, that I set aside time uh, for my mental health. And so whether it's seeing a show and reviewing it or spending time writing up a monthly newspaper column, I make sure I have time for all of that. 
Yeah, thank you, Paul. Um, and and I think like right at the at the end of the day, it's just about prioritizing yourself and taking the time and and finding the structure to do that. Uh, I've definitely struggled, um, you know, in in a leadership uh, position, especially where I, I feel guilty leaving the team, and then I realize that I have to be a good role model for my team, and that they can take care of themselves. They're very, very accomplished and, uh, you know, excellent professionals. Like they, they don't need me there every step of the way. I've got an amazing team that can stand on their own. So recognizing those things and, and then, uh, you know, just putting it on the calendar and, and, and making myself do it. That's, the, that's my tips. Cool. Well, we hope you've all enjoyed this episode of Shortlisted and that you'll join us next month. And just a quick disclaimer and reminder, the advice offered in this podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Use of this podcast is not intended to replace or substitute financial, medical, legal, or other professional advice. This podcast, its hosts, and APMP GMC are not responsible for the outcome or results following any advice in any given situation. You, and only you, are completely responsible for your actions. Definitely true. Thanks, Heather. If we're now on your final list of podcast favorites, we'd love to hear from you. Email our producer, Katie Stutzman, at kstutzman at gmcapmp.org. To all those winning business out there, on behalf of me, Heather, our special guest, Tori, and all of us in the greater Midwest chapter, we'll GMC you next time on Shortlisted. <laughs> <laughs>